0: What's up, everyone? I'm Lexi. And I'm Sarah. Welcome to Kills, Thrills, and Chills. Buckle up for this week's case. We're back! Just in time for Halloween season. I know it's been a while. We haven't seen you guys, or I mean, we wouldn't see you, but you haven't heard our beautiful voices in probably a couple months. We've had some stuff going on that we needed to do. But now we're back just in time for spooky season. And today I will be doing a popular case again because of a new Netflix show. The case I will be doing today is John List. And you guys might know him as John Graf in the new Watcher Netflix show. It's actually, his name is John List and it is based on a real case. And he is an American mass murderer and a long time fugitive. He committed the murders as you know, in Westfield, New Jersey, represent. John List's case is becoming popular again because of the Netflix show, and where his identity is under the alias John Graf. But let's dive deeper into his heinous crime. We're gonna start with John's early life. And Lexi, feel free to come on in and right. give me your thoughts. John List was born in Bay City, Michigan on September 17th, 1925. List was the only child of his parents, John Frederick List and Alma Florence List. Like his father, List was a Lutheran and Sunday school teacher. And in 1943, List enlisted. Oh, List enlisted. Don't like that. Listen, 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 Nope. All right. 1943. List enlisted in the U.S. Army and served as a laboratory technician during World War II, which is pretty cool. After his discharge in 1946, List enrolled at University of Michigan, where he earned his bachelor's degree in business administration and got his master's degree in accounting. Was also commissioned there as second lieutenant through their ROTC. I R O T C. Can't fucking R O T C. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was the second lieutenant through their R O T C program. So he was well liked in his childhood, into his adulthood, and college. And then in November 1950, as the Korean War escalated, List was actually recalled to active military services and at Fort Eustis in Virginia. He met Helen Morris Taylor, the widow of an infantry officer killed in action in Korea. She also lived nearby with her daughter by the base, and her daughter was Brenda. John and Helen married on December 1st, 1951 in Baltimore, Maryland. The family moving to northern Northern California after that, and the army realizing list accounting skills reassigned him to the finance corps.
1: I didn't even know that was a thing.
0: Right? Me neither. I'm sweating right now. It is really hot. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like dying. Yeah, apparently, because like when we think about like the military, we like we think fighting, but apparently yeah. there's actual jobs yeah, there there's too. There's other
1: jobs in the military that you don't even think about. That. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: All right, so after completion of his second tour, so now we know it wasn't really, he wasn't on tour, he was just in the finance corps towards the end. Mm -hmm. In 1952, List worked for an accounting firm in Detroit and then as an adult supervisor at a paper company in Kalamazoo, where his three children were born. By 1959, List has risen to general supervisor of the company's accounting department. But Helen, who was an alcoholic, had become increasingly unstable. In 1960, Brenda, which was Helen's first daughter with her first marriage, married and left the household, and List moved with the remainder of his family to Rochester, New York. He moved to Rochester to take a job with Xerox. There, he eventually became Director of Accounting Services, and then in 1965, List accepted a position as Vice President and Comptroller at a bank in Jersey City, New Jersey. And this is when he moved with his wife, children, and his mother Alma into Breeze Knoll in nineteen room Victorian Mansion at four three one Hillside Ave in Westfield.
1: Wait, that's the actual address? Mm-hmm. What did they use a real address in the watcher? I feel like. Uh,
0: they... This wasn't actually in the same house as the a... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. That is one big thing, like They just wanted to tie it in in Netflix to make it seem more, like, scary and, like, more sinister. But these did not happen in the same house. Okay, that's why I I was thinking. I don't know why. they, They never said anything about it. I also can't speak to it because I didn't finish it. All right. Now that we covered his early life, we will go on to the murders. And this was on November 9th, 1971. List murdered his entire immediate family using his own 9mm semi-automatic handgun, and also his father's Colt 22, While his children were at school, he shot his wife, Helen, who was 46, in the back of the head, and then his mother, Alma, who was 84, above the left eye. Oh
1: my god, 84, mm-hmm. and that's the way she goes?
0: Yeah, how depressing is that? And she's only living with them, I didn't put it in here, but she's only living with them because her husband, his dad, passed away like when he was younger yeah. because of his illness. So, God forbid, she just wants to live with her son and grandchildren and everything. Horrible. And as his daughter, Patricia, who is 16, and younger son, Frederick, who is 13, arrived home from school, Liz shot each of them in the back of the head. (gasps) And this part really just... After making himself lunch, Liz drove to his bank to close both his and his mother's bank accounts, and then proceeded to go to Westfield High School to watch his elder son, John Frederick, 15, play in a soccer game. After driving John Frederick home, Liz shot him repeatedly because, as misfire evidence showed, his son attempted to defend himself.
1: Wait, so he, let me get this straight, he just murdered his entire family, and then all of a sudden decides, like, I'm gonna make myself lunch, go see my son's soccer game, and then kill his son? What was the point of watching his son's soccer game before he shot him?
0: I don't know. Maybe to think, like, nothing was wrong. Like, uh, I don't know. How do you do that? That's insane. I, that's so cold-hearted. It's disgusting. That's disturbing. I hate it. Ugh. All right. So then, after he murdered his last son, John Frederick, Liz placed the bodies of his wife in- and... <laughs> <Weizen? laughs> okay. Liz placed the bodies of his wife and children on sleeping bags in the mansion's ballroom. He left his mother's body in her apartment in the attic. In a five-page letter to his pastor, found on the desk in his study, Lis claimed that he saw too much evil in the world and he had killed his family to save their souls. He then cleaned the various crime scenes, removed his own picture from all of the family fo- photographs in the house, tuned a, <laughs> tuned a radio to a religious station, and departed. What? Yeah. It's like, you must have been... You must have known, like, planning these killings, if you were taking out your pictures of every... Like, look right over there. So the pictures on the wall. Imagine taking them all out. Oh. And then cutting yourself out of it.
1: Oh, that's, like, so calculated.
0: Yeah. And... Oh, like, what?
1: Was this premeditated? Like, did they... Sorry. He's...
0: Know, like... I mean, he's saying, like, you will talk more about it, but he says, like, there was just evil, and he's saving his family's souls.
1: I wonder, like... Maybe him going to. Maybe him going to the war like, fucked with him, but he wasn't even fighting, finance, so he wasn't fighting.
0: That's what I mean. But he was like, he fought in the beginning. Yeah. But still, it's it's religion. I think religion yeah, I is think the biggest. I think religion
1: is like the biggest part of that. Yeah.
0: So I I I think it was premeditated. Shit's crazy. So the murders happened on November 9th. The murders were not discovered until December 7th, nearly a month later.
1: How so long?
0: (laughs) Due to, in part, (laughs) the family's reclusive tendencies and, in part, to notes sent by lists to the children's schools and part-time jobs claiming that the children would be visiting their ailing maternal grandmother in North Carolina for a few weeks. Helen's grandmother, or Helen's mother, was, in fact, ill and had canceled a visit to Westfield because of it. Had she made the trip, List later said she would have been a sixth victim. Whoa. And List, to also cover his tracks, stopped milk, mail, and newspaper deliveries. Because, you know, back then, we had milk deliveries.
1: How do you cancel that? Like, who do you, you call someone up and, like, I want to cancel that. Like, subscription? <laughs> Probably.
0: It's either that or, like. You leave a note or something. Yeah, like you know I maybe mean? <laughs> I can't. That's so funny. Uh, neighbors noticed that all of the mansion's rooms were illuminated day and night, with no apparent activity within the house. After light bulbs began burning out one by one, they called the police. Officers entered through an unlocked window leading to the basement and discovered the family's bodies.
1: What a gruesome <sighs> discovery. I
0: know, right. It's it's gross. <laughs> like Five people.
1: For a month, the D decomp- oh. oh my god.
0: Oh my god, it probably smelled disgusting.
1: Oh.
0: All right, where is. Okay, so. Poor Westfield. Because <laughs> Westfield, where a few violent crimes had been recorded since 1963, received national attention as the site of one of the most notorious felonies in New Jersey since the kidnapping and murder of the Lindbergh baby. A nationwide manhunt was launched. Police investigated hundreds of leads without success. All reliable photographs of lift, lift, <laughs> all reliable photographs of a list has been destroyed. Which we need to remember because back then, yeah, it was, was... only hard copies. Yeah, there
1: was no, like, digital footprint. Mm-hmm.
0: So you're only going off of basically how his neighbors remember him. Wow. How fucking crazy is that? You know what?
1: That's crazy because, like, we're so connected all the time that you really can trace someone, like, by their phone, by their computer. Or even find pictures on social, like, you see that. Here,
0: nope. Here, you can't. That's why I'm here. Here, you cannot. I think that's insane. And, um, yeah. So, all pictures have been destroyed, and the family car was found parked at JFK Airport in New York City. But police found no evidence that List had boarded a flight. Alma's body, who is his mom, flown to Frankenmuth. Frankenmuth. I don't know how to say that. What?
1: Frankenmuth? Frankenmuth. That's a
0: place? Yeah, it sounds like Frankenmuth.
1: I don't know. I don't know.
0: Michigan. In Michigan.
1: (laughs) Should we Google it? Yeah, let's see. I'm curious
0: because. It is Frankenmuth, if anyone was wondering. Thanks to Google, not translation, pronunciation. (laughs) So, now that we got that, Frankenmuth, Michigan. And they brought her to the Lutheran Cemetery that is, was in her hometown. Helen and her three children were buried at Fair, Fairview Cemetery in Westfield. And I just want to bring up, remember, poor Helen's one daughter that moved out and didn't die because she wasn't there. Oh
1: my god, yeah. And she's
0: still living. Holy
1: How shit. crazy
0: is that? She's probably like, I would have I been dead yeah. if I was there.
1: That's, I couldn't imagine, like, the survivor's guilt.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So, they, the place where they lived, it remained empty until it was destroyed by a fire in August 1972, nine months after the murders. Although the destruction was officially ruled arson, it remains officially unsolved with no suspects.
1: Oh, that's eerie.
0: Right? Someone was covering up. I feel like he came back and did it.
1: Yeah,
0: maybe he did. Mm-hmm. Ooh. It says, destroyed along with the home was the ballroom stained glass skylight, rumored to be a signed Tiffany original, at least $100,000, equivalent to 650000 in 2021. Whoa. And then a new house is built in 94. So, like, they were well off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't. I would never move into the new house, though. No. Even if it was rebuilt. No thanks. The vibes on that property Five people were murdered. So
0: off. <laughs> No, thank you. All right, so after in 1971, as the FBI later discovered, List had traveled by train from New Jersey to Michigan and then to Colorado. He settled in Denver in early 1972 and took an accounting job under the name Robert Peter Bob. So, Bob Clark. One, I don't know why I paused after Bob. <laughs> So, Bob Park, one of his college classmates, although the real Bob Clark, later asserted that he had never known List. From 1979 to 1986, he was the comptroller at a paper box manufacturer outside of Denver. He joined a Lutheran congregation and ran a carpool for shut-in church members. At one religious gathering, he met an army PX clerk named Dolores Miller and married her in 1985. In February 1988, the couple moved to a house in the Brandermill neighborhood of Midlothian. What is
1: up with all these weird ass towns? This is
0: horrible. Midlothian, Virginia. Where a still using the name Bob Clark, resumed work as an accountant at a small accounting firm. How many times am I going to fucking say accounting? Because I am over it. <laughs> uh, Alright. In 1972, so now we're going back after that and uh, before in 1988 1972 list was proposed as a suspect in the db cooper air piracy this was like a big case Mm -hmm. um because of the timing of his disappearance they thought he was involved in it and multiple matches to the hijackers and the reasoning that a fugitive accused of mass murder has nothing to lose List was questioned by the fbi investigators after his capture but he denied any involvement in the cooper case While his name is still occasionally mentioned in Cooper articles and documentaries, no direct evidence implicates him and the FBI no longer considers him a suspect. Okay, and now we're getting to his arrest. In May 1989, the 18-year-old crime at this point was recounted on the Fox television program America's Most Wanted during its first year on the air. The segment featured an age Progressed to clay bust sculpted by forensic artist Frank Bender, which turned out to be a close resemblance to List's actual appearance. On June 1st, less than two weeks after the broadcast, List was arrested at a Richmond accounting firm after a Denver neighbor recognized the description and alerted the authorities. List continued to stand by his allies for seven months. (laughs) Wait, what? His alias? Oh, like he had allies? god all right Liz continued to stand by his alias for several months even after his 1989 extradition to Union County New Jersey finally faced with infutable evidence including a fingerprint match with lists military records as well as evidence found at the crime scene he confessed his true identity on February 16th 1990
1: holy shit could you imagine being his new wife
0: so we'll get to that I have actually fun topic to talk about that. <laughs> at, t- at trial, List testified that his financial difficulties. So this is what he says. I'm going to pause right there. So this is what List is going to give reasons at trial why this why he did all this.
1: Okay.
0: And the religious part stays, but like he tries to give more of an a, an excuse. So at trial, List testifies that his financial difficulties reached crisis level in 1971 <laughs> when he was laid off with the closure of the Jersey City Bank. To avoid sharing this humiliating development with his family, List engaged in the same routine and dressed as when he was employed, leaving home each morning on his schedule and spending the day at job interviews or at the Westfield train station, reading newspapers until it was time to come home. List diverted money from his mother's bank account to avoid default on his mortgage. As the year progressed, the family's financial problems became more strained. List encourages children to seek part-time work to teach them maturity and responsibility, but in actuality to help keep the family financially solvent. He was also dealing with his wife's alcoholism. And he actually found out right before he killed all them that she had um, a type of syphilis contracted from her first husband and concealed for 18 years.
1: Whoa.
0: Yeah. According to trial testimony, Helen had pressured Liss into marriage by falsely claiming that she was pregnant, then insisted that they marry in Maryland, which did not require the premarital syphilis test mandated in most other states at the time. Whoa, I didn't know
1: that was a thing. A
0: weird, a syphilis test? What? Yeah. So, I don't, I don't get, why is that, you need to know if I have syphilis if you want to marry me? Yeah,
1: right. I mean, I get, you should disclose I mean, yeah. that to your partner,
0: but, like... And I'm not fucking taking a test for you. Get out you know, of here. <laughs> like, no. Uh, that sucks, though. So. Though her health progressively deteriorated, she said nothing to list about the syphilis until 1969 when a thorough workup revealed the condition. And that was two years before the murders happened. Okay. So by then, progression of the disease, combined with her excessive alcohol consumption, had, according to testimony, transformed her from an attractive young woman to an unkept and paranoid recluse, who frequently and often publicly humiliated List, comparing a sexual prowess unfavorably with that of her first husband. Oof. I mean, they probably had a horrible fucking marriage, but I
1: mean, like that's shitty to do to your husband, but yeah. you don't annihilate your entire family over over it.
0: No, no, no. I think that's fucking okay, ridiculous. But um, yes. So on April twelfth, nineteen ninety, List was convicted of five counts of first degree murder. At his sentence hearing, he denied direct responsibility for his actions and quote I feel that because of my mental state at the time I was unaccountable for what happened I ask all affected by this for their forgiveness understanding and prayer the judge was unpersuaded said John Emil List is without remorse and without honor after 18 years five months and 22 days it is now time for the voices of Helen Alma Patricia Frederick and John F List to rise in the grave he imposed a sentence of five terms of life imprisonment to be served consecutively the maximum pernis- permissible penalty <laughs> at the time. Uh, he did appeal his convictions, but they were denied. He said it, here you go. said his judgment was impaired by PTSD. Oh, uh, okay. But it was, they rejected all the arguments. And then he did, he did an um, interview with, what was his name, Connie Chung on ABC in 2002. Okay. And he did express a degree of remorse in that. He said, I wish I had never done what I did, I regretted my action and prayed for forgiveness ever since. When asked why he had not taken his own life, he said he believed that suicide would not, would have prevented him from going to heaven, where he hoped to be reunited with his family. So his death, he died when he was 82 in prison on March 21st, 2008. Imprisoned at the St. Francis Medical Center in Trenton, New Jersey. In reporting his death, the New Jersey Star Ledger referred to him as the Boogeyman of Westfield.
1: That's a weird thing to refer them for, refer to him as.
0: Yeah. So I I put this together because I love one of these movies is actually my favorite, but I put together a little section of like TV, film, and pop culture where he was like put into.
1: Oh, that's cool.
0: And I'll read the rest of them, but I want to start with my favorite one, the movie The Stepfather. Originally in 1987, but the new one with Penn Badgley. Oh, I don't think in I've 2000- seen that. Oh, my God. It was in 2009. Penn Badgley is a stepson, and it's all about John List. It's oh, about, is it? It's a, they, like, embellish it more. Like, okay. he was, like, a serial killer, like, going from family to family, being a stepdad, and then killing the family. Ooh. But, yeah, that was the whole thing. And
1: so it was, like, based off of the murders yeah. that happened, mm-hmm. but they, like, embellish on it.
0: Yeah. Okay. The first Got one it. is more... Okay. The first one is more like what really happened, like in 1987, because it's more like the family finds out he killed his last family, So which actually (laughs) (laughs) happened, and then the one with Penn Badgley, though, and if anyone's a fan of you, you gotta watch it, because it's so good. I think it's on Netflix, but definitely, it's so good. And then, so, there's a lot more, though. Over the years, List and his crimes have furnished inspiration for documentaries, television dramas, and feature films. Examples include Savior, the season six, episode 16 of the television series Law and Order. The 1993 film Judgment Day, the John List story, in which List was portrayed by Robert Blake and the character... I don't know what that says. Let's just not go into that. In 2008, John Walsh, who was the host of America's Most Wanted, which got him captured, donated the age-progressed... donated the age progress bust by Frank Bender uh, to the National Museum of Crime and Punishment in Washington, D.C., whose collection was later moved to Alcatraz. Oh, in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. So not the Alcatraz in South... South, What? San Francisco. (laughs) The movie A Killer Next Door, based on the events that led to the capture of John List, that was released in July 2020. Oh, I didn't realize that was based on that. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um and then also in 2022 is The Watcher, which is relatively new. Um if anyone wants to tell me what they thought about it cuz I did not like it. I stopped watching. <laughs>
1: yeah, I watched the first two episodes and was like lost because to me none of it was like remotely close besides the letters.
0: Yeah. No, I don't so. think it's I don't think it's close it's not close at all. Like, the last people who got the letters, didn't they not even move into the house?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They never actually moved in and never lived there.
0: It's so, it's, they they were just trying to, uh...
1: They're doing anything to make a show out of
0: everything these days. Dramatize it? (laughs)
1: Dramatize? Sure! (laughs) I, think that's what it is.
0: I cannot speak today. I it's apologize okay. we to everyone. I
1: haven't recorded in so long. Getting
0: back into the groove rusted. of things. I'm feeling very spooky tonight, though. Yes. It's chilly, it's nice, and then we're going to a haunted house later. And not like an attraction.
1: The America's most haunted house, as so it's told, <laughs> in weird New Jersey.
0: Hell yeah. We're not going to tell you about it, though. We'll tell you later.
1: You know what I don't understand about this case? Like, did they do any, like, psyche vows on him at all? Or I don't really? think so.
0: Because. Well, I read, like, they said he had, like, OCD and stuff like that, but, like, nothing okay, was but, crazy with it. Like, he wasn't, like, insane. Because,
1: I mean, you have to be kind of in your right state of mind to annihilate your entire family, hide it, move, change your name, work a different job, marry someone else, <laughs> Like, you can't sit here and be like.
0: You're a psycho. A straight up psycho.
1: Like, fuck
0: off. (laughs) And he couldn't kill himself because. Because
1: then he would go to hell. But then he still went
0: out and married someone else, huh? Yeah.
1: Like, what? Isn't that, like, not good?
0: Yeah. Fuck you, John List. (laughs) But thanks for making Jersey famous. Appreciate it. Maybe not. Maybe that's <laughs> not
1: what we want to be famous for. Um, let's stick to being famous for pork roll leg or and, girl, cheese. <laughs> and cheese. And I'm down with that. bagels and pizza. All right, well, uh, pork
0: roll leg and cheese for president. <laughs> All right, we love you. We'll be back with more.
1: Thanks for listening and tune in next week. Happy Halloween. <laughs>